Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Let's put this in context for you. Tim, Tim Hortons is a, well, it's an international company now, uh, uh, but there's a, a, a special affiliation, obviously, between Tim Hortons and the city of Hamilton because the first Tim Hortons donut shop was right here in Hamilton at Ottawa and Dunsmuir. The Tim Hortons Museum is there now. Store 2 was up on concession in East 31st. Store 3 was the Upper James Store, which is a drive through now. So on and on it goes. So there's some history here. So from a sentimental standpoint, obviously, you, you want to see what's going on with Tim Hortons because we saw how that company started here and how it's grown. Well, uh, it's not local anymore, as we know. It's been sold a couple of different times. There was the affiliation with Wendy's some years ago. Uh, now uh, it's owned by a company called uh, Restaurant Brands International. Uh, but there's still a great deal of controversy about what's been happening. Part of it uh, came from a number of franchise owners uh, last year who complained that they were getting ripped off by the parent company, saying they were charging more for supplies, uh, taking a, a lot more of the profit, uh, which, by the way, is, is the way things run with franchisees. Uh, they pay the uh, head office before they take a nickel from themselves. And, and so there's some consternation about that. Well, then along comes Jan- July or January 1st and the minimum wage increase here in the province of Ontario. It's now up to $14 an hour. And uh, Tim Hortons and many other st- companies, of course, uh, made an awful lot of noise when this was being proposed. And then eventually the legislation passed that said, look, we're going to have to do something about this. We simply can't absorb that kind of a, a, an additional cost to our business. Well, some of the individual franchisees started to speak up about this and said that they were going to uh, start cutting benefits to employees, start cutting paid breaks to employees, start charging them for uh, the coffee or the one free drink that they usually get on a shift. And uh, the parent company has now lashed back and said that, well, these were rogue franchisees and that they don't really speak for the head office and for the company itself, which is an interesting characterization given the fact that the first ones that actually came to light on this were Ron Joyce Jr. and his wife, Jerry Lynn Horton Joyce. Uh, Ron Joyce Jr., of course, is the son of Ron Joyce, one of the founders of Tim Hortons. Uh, Jerry Lynn Horton Joyce is the daughter of Tim Horton, uh, the Toronto Maple Leaf, at that time, hockey player, who is the original partner with Ron Joyce in the franchise. Uh, Are they rogue? Are they speaking for the other ones? Uh, Because a number of other franchisees have now spoken up and said, we're going to have to do the same sort of thing. What's going on here, and, and how is this impacting the brand, which I think you could argue is one of the most identifiable brands in Canada? Uh, this kind of infighting can't be good, or does it really matter at all? Joining us to talk about this is Ian Lee from the Sprott School of Business at Carleton University up in Ottawa. Ian, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. The weather's actually, for the first time in probably three or four weeks, becoming reasonable. It was miserable this morning here in Hamilton. We got some uh, unexpected snow, and... Uh, it's 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 starting to get a little more mild right now. So, but who knows? I mean, it's it's January and it's Canada, so you just you know, if you That's don't right. like the weather, wait ten minutes, right? That's right, exactly. What, what what's your read on what's been going on with Tim Hortons in the last little right. while, Ian? Um, first off, I want to disclose I do not have any relationship with Tim Hortons other than the fact that I'm a satisfied customer, a regular customer of Tim Hortons. I do not consult to them, never have, never will, because I don't consult to anybody, anywhere, at any time, and I have no investments in them whatsoever, or in fast food, or quick service, or whatever we want to call it. So I'm purely, my relationship is purely as a customer or consumer. Um, I applaud them. I know it's risk. There's a risk in this strategy for stepping up and standing out, um, stepping up and becoming essentially the point man against the misrepresentation of the the entire file by the Wynn government. And I say that very carefully. 
because I want to get a couple of facts out on the table for everybody that have been completely misled. We've been misled by the Ontario government. It is the role of government across the Western world, including Ontario and Canada, to deliver social welfare benefits of all kinds. I'm using social welfare in the broader sense, old age pensions, unemployment insurance, subsidized housing, aid to students. That's all part of a broad category the OECD and statisticians call social welfare, or social assistance, or social benefits, national child care uh, uh, checks. That is the role of government. It is not the role of the private sector to alleviate poverty. Never has been. And for people to suggest, as Premier Wynne has very, very clearly suggested, that it's really the role of Tim Hortons in the private sector to address issues of poverty is simply false. It is wrong. It is wrong because of 300 years of our history. Or if you don't want to go back that far, go back to the, at the end of the Second World War and the rise of the modern welfare state. It is the role of government. If people are below the poverty line, that's the role of government to address. Now, the second point I want to put out very quickly is the argument has been made that this is a really great policy, minimum wage increase, because we're going to address poverty. This is StatsCan data. One in ten people on minimum wage are below the poverty line. Ninety percent are not. As Stephen, Professor Gordon at Laval and Professor Milligan at UBC have said, if you really want to address poverty, this is a really lousy, inefficient, incompetent way of addressing poverty because only one in ten are below the poverty line. And just while we're on this subject, because the image has been portrayed or suggested, and I get this actually from people writing me, don't you understand? Poverty skyrocketing in Canada. In fact, according to the OECD, Canada has one of the lowest rates of poverty on the planet Earth. We are one of the wealthiest countries. I did an op-ed on this. We are tied with Germany, the richest country in all Europe, in terms of average income per capita. We are an extraordinarily wealthy country. We have one of the lowest rates of poverty in the world, and only one in ten on minimum wage are below the poverty line. So using minimum wage to address poverty is a failed policy from the get-go. Now, that's the separate facts. Those are the hard facts from Statistics Canada. But she's now saying, even if it wasn't true, let's say we had rampant poverty, she's very clearly suggesting it's the role of the private sector to address poverty. No, it is not. Their job is to make goods and services efficiently so that you and I can buy them, whether we call them cars or apartments or houses or hamburgers or cups of coffee or furniture or all the stuff we buy from the private sector. And, and so that is the real issue. And Tim Hortons, I'm glad to see these, that their role is not to commit economic suicide because of poor or terrible policies imposed on them by the government. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.